I'll be the turkey if you'll be the stuffing. Yo, Joe! We'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra, the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up. He's always there. Fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up, he'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe Hey everybody, welcome to the Star Joes Podcast. This is Star Joes, a real animated hero, episode 102. And I'm your host, Robert Atkins. And I'm Ryan. I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. We have, uh, once again, Robert is joining us as usual, and John was able to join us for another episode. So uh, looking forward to get into some of these individual Joe episode, cartoon episodes should be a lot of fun with these. Uh, I'd like to say it only gets better, but uh, <laughs> there are some doozies in these episodes too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, de- I definitely have an episode that I really liked a lot out of these next five episodes. Uh, and I don't yeah, know if you too. guys had one that stood out for you, for you as well, but uh, yeah, we can certainly uh, talk about some of those uh, kind of once we wrap up and everything. But. Um, all right, so should we just jump into it, or do you guys yep, have we'll any? Do it. You guys have Let's any? Do it. Okay, so uh, when we're talking about the, uh, you know, the intros to the show, this is the one, at least on the copies I had, this is the one where we have the USS Flag pulls up, and we have the Cobra Terradrome and and all that. Right. So uh, the thing I found very interesting with this intro is we have all these characters like Serpentor and Sergeant Slaughter, <laughs> and all these characters who have not been introduced yet and are not going to be introduced for a long time yet. <laughs> a really long time. Like, I was I was really surprised to see him. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, it, it, looking back on it, you're like, man, yeah, I'm surprised uh, that they would have been... Well, but I guess, you know, they're not going to make a new intro every, you know, ten episodes. Yeah, but, but I kind of thought, well, maybe they're... I thought, well maybe they would just use the pyramid of darkness intro for a while because yeah, exactly. That one makes sense because all those characters have been introduced for the most part at, at that point. So, right. And then like after you get, well, it's almost like, well, was Sergeant Slaughter introduced? He was, well, he was introduced way before the movie, right? Yeah. He gets introduced. Yep. If I remember right, he gets introduced with the, uh, arise Serpentor arise. Oh yeah. So it seems like you just wait until that major arc. Yeah. To come up with a new intro, but... Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, so the first uh, individual episode that we're going to go over here is the uh, countdown for Zartan. Um, so with this one, just getting into the synopsis, and it, as always, you guys feel free to, to jump in with anything that you noticed or st- stood out for you. Um, we open at a secret Cobra base where some new trainees are being given some lessons by the Dreadnoughts and Storm Shadow. <laughs> well, especially the the Dreadnoughts because they each kind of take their time. It's Buzzer, Torch, and Ripper. Yep. And they each kind of give their specialty. So it starts off with this guy 
uh, with a flamethrower, and he's trying to... Or I don't know if he starts off with this one, but the guy... <laughs> this one really stuck out to me, because Torch tells the guy, you know, that you burn the foundation of something, and if you do that, then the rest of it goes. And I'm like, they're just teaching kids how to be arsonists, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like listen to the dreadnoughts. These guys know how to start fires. And you also use tracers when you're shooting yeah, your gun. Like, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll really blow crap up. Well, and the thing that I love with this, too, is the Dreadnought's really the guys you want to hire as your trainees. Or I know, like these people, I mean, yeah, and then they're, you know, with the whole plastic explosives, that was the other thing they're teaching them, you know, how to blow things up. So, And I did, anyway. I did notice that uh, one of the trainees that they have uh, must be related to Jack uh, Jack Porkins from uh, the X Wing. <laughs> he was a little <laughs> thick. He was a pretty. He was a pretty, he was a big dude. Big big clumsy guy. So, yeah. um, so then we have uh, Zartan is then uh, given a mission, and he actually there was a whole interaction with Zar- uh, Cobra Commander talking to Destro, and we find out that he wasn't actually Destro wasn't actually talking to Cobra Commander. He was actually talking to Zartan, who was uh, disguising himself as Cobra Commander. Uh, oh wait 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 sorry sorry real quick. Yeah. The last part of that training. Oh uh, yes, yes. Storm Shadow is like Just throwing his ninja like, moves. Yeah, why? Why are you guys listening to these dreadnoughts? Basically, I will show you how to defeat something, and then they kind of have this like a demolition contest, right? Where the, the <laughs> they're trying to find something to beat up, and the dreadnoughts find this tank, and they're all you know tearing it to pieces, and they you know, burn it to you know all melt it down, and then Storm Shadow <laughs> goes, "Let me show you how to do it," and he starts jumping around this tank like karate chopping it in certain areas uh and it starts to shake right and then he like bows to them and walks off and then the the tank just like all the bolts fly out and just falls to pieces okay so with his hands he destroyed this manufactured tank but he can't beat spirit or quick kick (laughs) what well and the other thing that's great too is you were talking about the dreadnoughts attacking the other tank how hot does torches flamethrower get because it was melting like a tank yeah exactly it just like it just melted to goo so uh so we get uh zartan is given a mission by cobra commander uh to go destroy the worldwide defense center that was created to take out terrorism uh zartan infiltrates the center by kidnapping a dr medier and impersonating him uh, yeah. he enters the center and we find that he uh snuck in storm shadow as well uh, once inside, he's before he he he, did, he gets in like he had an argument with Destro because yes. Cobra Commander has a lot of like uh, you know confidence in Zartan for whatever reason, and when he starts grabbing Destro to argue with him, like his chest plate starts glowing, <laughs> like a uh, bright pink. Yeah, like it was did powering him up or something. Like that. Yeah, like he and I was like, what? What's happening with his chest? And they never explain it. They don't. You know, and I don't know that it ever really happens again. No. And this was just one of those another weird kind of. Zartan powers or something with his outfit <laughs> that just does something like you never know. Yep. But. So uh, once once they're inside, he starts to uh, act kind of odd, and Spirit, who's actually on the location with Freedom, notices the odd behavior, so he starts to follow Dr. Medier, which cracked me up because I'm thinking, Zartan's supposed to be this master of disguise, and he gets asked a couple questions, and he starts acting all nervous and runs off. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, I don't, I don't, I'll be right back. <laughs> he runs off. You know, he, like, has the digital watch, which was yeah. one of the giveaways. And, like, his answers were not confident at all. No. You know what I mean? So uh, Spirit get, actually gets into a fight with Storm Shadow while Zartan. Again. <laughs> again. <laughs> while, so, while Zartan goes and plants some explosives. 
Yeah, so this is Spirit versus Artan. I think, or sorry, Spirit versus Storm Shadow. I think this is round three. Yeah, probably. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, um, Zartan then returns and knocks out Spirit from behind, and Storm Shadow gets pissed off about that. Um, but Storm Shadow then takes Spirit back to the Cobra base as a, a prisoner. Uh, and leaves Zartan behind. Zartan decides he's going to walk out the front door disguised as Dr. Medier, but uh, Freedom um, actually <laughs> gets away, uh, which cracked me up because Freedom got knocked out during the whole fight battle thing, but then he flies away, and some this one lady goes, oh, look, a bird, let's let him out. <laughs> let, let, let's let him out. It's like some weird off-panel, you know, <laughs> off-screen woman. And, uh, this is what you know. I'm just thinking. Storm Shadow needs an animal <laughs> because it, you know it's just he has no hope against Spirit because Freedom's always there to to screw it up. Because well, I think I think he would have taken Spirit a couple times, but and this also this whole episode shows again how crucial the Joe's pets really are. Because <laughs> if Freedom be screwed without him, if Freedom did not get away, the Joes would never know that Spirit was in trouble. Nope, it'd have been over. The whole place would have blown up. So. Uh, so Spirit flies back to Joe headquarters. Uh, we're, when we're back at Joe headquarters, we see that Gung-Ho and Lady Jerry are having a javelin throwing contest, which just cracked me up. <laughs> because if I was to pick any Joe to go up against in a javelin throwing contest, it would not be Lady J. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, why would you challenge her? So uh, it's the uh, loser, I think it was, has to make dinner. Yeah. Uh, Lady J wins, and Stalker, Rakondo, and Doc point out that it means that they're going to have to eat Gung Ho's horrible Cajun gumbo. <laughs> but not not only does she win, she does like the the opposite of Robin Hood and splitting his javelin. She splits her javelin into two and hits both the targets on the other two sides. Yeah, which, right. So she would have hit the bullseye. Unreal. But, which, yeah. if you had hit that spear that javelin that was in there already with a tip of another javelin, I don't think it would split it. The, the new javelin, <laughs> the one that's too. coming in. <laughs> uh, well, uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lady Jane or amazing javelin. Yes. So, uh, the Joe, uh, freedom shows up and alerts them, uh, and they're all alerted. They figure spirit must be in trouble. Um, the Joe's race to the center and the defense center and stop, uh, anyone from leaving the area. Zartan is revealed by Freedom by removing his mask. Like, Freedom flies over and grabs his mask off of him. Yeah. And, uh... He is, well, again, he was just sitting in the corner looking very conspicuous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, uh, don't look at me. Uh, he's put into a cell at the center, and he reveals... and Which was hilarious, too, because he's like, yes, take me away, anywhere but here. And it's like, wow, you really crack under pressure, don't you? <laughs> exactly. He is not, I mean... He can look like other people, but... <laughs> um, he reveals that he doesn't want to be there because he set a bomb off that will blow up the whole center. Uh, Gung-Ho makes him suffer while they look for the bomb by hanging his uh, digital watch on like a little lever there uh, so he can see the countdown. Uh, the Joe's search... This is where like, I realize Gung-Ho's a little bit brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, kind of cool. The Joes search the building but can't find anything. They're almost ready to evacuate when Gung Ho points out uh, to wait a few more seconds, and this is when Zartan like cracks. He like totally yeah. freaks the hell out, <laughs> and he admits <laughs> where the bomb is hidden. Uh, the Joes go 
uh, to find the bomb, and Zartan watches the count, uh, the clock count down to zero, but then nothing happens because Gung Ho uh, moved the timer up a couple minutes. So right. this way he would crack early. Uh, and then he's like in another room telling the other Joes about this. Like, ha, ha, ha. Yes. like they're all laughing at Zartan's <laughs> expense, and Zartan's like in the other room in a cell, just totally peeing himself. Like he was like so freaking out. Yep. Uh, when nothing happens, Cobra Commander realizes that Zartan failed, and he leads an assault on the center. Uh, the Dreadnoughts are ordered to watch the prisoners uh, of uh, Freedom and Doctor Medier. So they enclose the, the prisoners and plan to kill them with laughing gas. Laughing gas. With the gas, I'm like, it's just got to be some kind of gas that I've never heard of created. I mean, like, seriously, like, laughing gas killing. Like, you go into a dentist office and they use laughing gas, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I think what would happen is when they put that shield down, I think it would have sucked all the air out eventually. It would have choked yeah. them out. They would have just, you know, laughed and laughed and laughed and asphyxiated, so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought, first thing I thought of was, uh, the Joker. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but they would have to have that special combination with the Joker gas. So, (laughs) (laughs) right. Um, so storm shadow, uh, then shows up and actually stops that from happening. Uh, and, yeah, because just kind of for honor's sake, because he yeah. respects yep. Spirit as an opponent. So I thought this was really interesting, because it says a lot about Storm Shadow's character. And then in a future episode, we kind of see this continue, like this yep. back and forth with uh, Storm Shadow and Spirit. Yeah, and uh, he actually, the funny part, though, is that he sends the Dreadnoughts away. And <laughs> it's like, go away, leave the prisoners to themselves so that they can escape. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That was weird. Like he's like, I, I, I noticed that he he stops gassing them, but then Storm Shadow doesn't stick around either. Yeah, you know to make sure that they stay there. And then this is when uh, uh, Spirit also like reveals that he has a dagger in his bandana. Oh yeah. And yes. How how's he store that? I know it was pretty big too. <laughs> and he throws it across the room, which knocks out a control panel, which somehow frees their uh, cell. It lets them get yeah, out. Opens out. Um, Spirit then gets Dr. Medier inside a Cobra Rattler, and they fly off, but they take out the whole Cobra base, uh, the trainee base, when they're they're taking off. Because didn't, didn't they, like, knock something over, and it was like a chain chain reaction? Well, it's and it's weird because there seems to be a net over the base, which I didn't quite understand. They, they, they opened up when some of the people left, yeah. and then... But but we missed a very critical piece where again the Joe Animal saves the day. Storm Shadow tried after saying noble enemies should not be treated in this fashion when they're in the gas chamber. Mm-hmm. He tries to take him out with an arrow, and Freedom grabs the arrow. Yes. Oh yeah, exactly. Like like Storm Shadows, he's up on the ledge, you know, shooting down at him, and he shoots one. And he said that's a warning shot or something like that. Yeah. And he shoots the next one. And sure enough, like yeah, he should know by now. He's already had like throwing stars picked out of the air. Like you're not getting anything past his bird. And in reference to the netting, though, that John actually was one of the things I thought was clever. Or at least when the episode opened up and they went into that training, uh, the training base area was I was like, oh, the netting. That's clever because it's to keep satellites from seeing from above. Uh, I've seen that before, like in actual military where they have like right. this netting over that's kind of like a canopy. And it keeps like from visually being able to seen being seen from the sky. So I was like, okay, that's 
That's a really big net. Oh, yeah, it was huge. <laughs> but Cobra can, as we find out, Cobra can afford some really big things. So Yeah, that's true. Back at the uh, at the center, uh, Zartan escapes by being hidden uh, into the, in the shadows uh, when Doc comes back to check on him. Uh, but then he is revealed, uh, like he basically knocks Doc out, he escapes, he causes the power, doesn't he cause the whole power to go out everywhere? Yeah, so all the lights are out. And uh, Stalker is left the last Joe standing and he opens the, basically the sunroof and lets the sunshine in. And that causes uh, Zartan to turn blue, which I like the fact that they kept that consistency up. Uh, yeah. There's like the, the one Zartan power they kept consistent. He's <laughs> like, Oh, the sunlight. Well, I hate the sun or whatever. And they cracked me up too. They're like, they send doc back to go check on Zartan. Like don't send two <laughs> or three people back there. Just send doc. The, <laughs> The medic. The pacifist. The medic, pacifist yeah. medic. Exactly. <laughs> um, so he, uh, Zartan actually ends up escaping because Co- right then Cobra attacks the center uh, in all these different fangs and everything else. Uh, the Joes are outnumbered, but then Spirit shows up in his Rattler to even odds, kind of. <laughs> it, it was like one more plane came into the into the area and now all of a sudden Cobra is like running for the hills. Um, this seemed, it seemed like a weird, like a token battle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. the episode could have been done with everybody escaping, but they're like, Oh, we got to throw a battle in here. Yep. So it just seemed kind of rushed and seemed kind of, so I don't know, not, not one of the better ones. But you, you, you throw these, you throw those poor recruits into battle. You don't even give them helmets. Right. I know <laughs> they show up in their balaclavas and that's it. Well, and at least, at least they <laughs> made up, true. at least they made up for, the mistake they made earlier, to your point, Robert, where they were showing people, showing kids how to burn stuff and explode stuff, they yeah. now showed that those tactics don't actually work. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's the, there's that little bit of payoff at the end, but well, if you get C four thrown at you, you just pull the detonator out and throw it back. Apparently, right, because that works. <laughs> yeah, that was real sneaky. Who was was that? Doc who did that? Doc does that, yeah. yeah. And then you and get then the guy just passes out. Yeah, you get gung ho saying, "Now I lay you down to sleep." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, then at the end, like, uh, so the, the kind of the in line, as they're all going back and they have to eat some of, uh, Gung Ho's gumbo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, but then Spirit is just like such a stereotypical Indian. Like, the way he talks, he's like, freedom. How you like my share of white man's gumbo or whatever it was. You know, he's like, just the way he says it is terrible. I'm like, oh, come on. Um, I did like the fact that uh, in this episode that when they uh, opened up at the Joe base that Doc was reading a comic book. Uh, oh, I didn't notice that. And <laughs> comics. It was just titled Comics. <laughs> comics. <laughs> Real generic uh, publishing company. Uh, but yeah, I, I still like the fact that it, uh, you, they show this, you know, evidently smart, intelligent Joe is is reading comic books. So. <laughs> Um, so that's all I really had for, for that episode. Do you guys have anything else with that one? Yeah. The only interesting thing, you know, especially as you start to watch in, when you get out of the miniseries that Friedman wrote, I don't know if you guys noticed, but this one was written by Christy Marks. Okay. Who wrote Jim and then has been writing lately the uh, sword and sorcery book at DC. Right. So that was kind of, you know, kind of like watching, you know, I've started noticing some of the names and, you know, he, where they are, but I thought that was kind of interesting. I think this, I guess this is probably the first one that she wrote. Yeah. Now there is a later episode that we're going to cover, uh, in, in, in this episode, uh, of ours that I did notice a creator name that really stood out to me. 
Yeah. Um, so, and then when we get to that, I'll I'll mention that one. But yep. uh, so the next episode is Red Rockets Glare, uh, which at, when I first saw the title, I thought they screwed that one up. But then I realized that because I I was like, isn't it supposed to be Rockets Red Glare? But then I realized why <laughs> it's called Red, Red Rockets Glare. Um. So we open up uh, this one is with a, a tribal kid is being chased by the Joes to a Cobra base that's at a temple. Because uh, evidently, if you own a temple anywhere in the world, <laughs> Cobra is going to take it over. Cobra's been there. They're just, they're just looking at new places to put a big Cobra head on the top of it. Right. And then they don't have to build a new temple every time they need a base. Right. They can just appropriate old ancient temples. Exactly. So he's carrying something that Destro needs for a weapon that he's creating. Uh, the Joes arrive and utilize Tollbooth once again with the bridge layer. Yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't say anything. He just rolls up right. and saves the day. Uh, to get across uh, across the like crevasse that's there. Um, the main Joes are Rakondo, Roadblock, and the new guy, Blowtorch. Blowtorch. Yes. <laughs> who runs really well with all that gear. Yes. And who yeah, evidently seriously. goes into the temple by himself, and the other Joes are okay with, yeah, just go get the whole base. Go get them. He's like, yeah, send the new guy in. He's like, don't worry, guys, I've got it. <laughs> he goes running in. So they attack the base, but Destro gets away again uh, with yeah. with his weapon. Um, but not after Blowtorch burns everything. <laughs> like, like, what did, you know, there's no precision in this guy's attack method. No. None whatsoever. Just burn at the bottom. Right. Start like, at the bottom. I will just burn this mother down. <laughs> Watch out, here comes the blowtorch. <laughs> so then we have uh, Rakondo and Roadblock are given some time off to relax after this mission. Uh, so Roadblock takes Rakondo out to meet his aunt and uncle who own a diner. Yeah. Uh, they come to find out that the diner they own is now part of a franchise called Red Rockets. Uh, but the aunt and uncle are not doing well because there's a biker gang with laser pistols that chase away all the customers. <laughs> all the punk street kids who come and eat at Red Rockets, and then the the biker gang runs them off. Yeah, and I like how Roadblock was all ready to chase fight, away the, the punk the kids. kids. <laughs> uh, of course, but then when the biker gang comes up, I mean, what I loved about this was, um, I mean, you sit here and you hear Roadblock... And every time he talks, he just has this cadence, you know what I mean, where you just think he's going to be rhyming something, oh, yeah. you know? And when um, he doesn't, you're like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, he just kind of walked up. And, I mean, he comes, the way he talks, he'll be like, uh, you're in for a treat. That can't be beat, you know, or just something. <laughs> you know, he's got this rhyme just on the edge of his tip of his lip. So, but in this, when he walks up, he's like, hey, Uncle Alvin. <laughs> and I'm just kind of, I'm just waiting for, like, the next line. The next but he's line? just talking. He's just talking. <laughs> And then, and then of course, when um, or it's either a rhyme or just so bizarre when the biker gang pull, gang pulls up and they start fighting. He goes, "I'll be the turkey if you'll be the stuffing." <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, what is what does that mean? If you're the turkey, like when you if you're the stuffing, I'm just trying to think logistically how this is a, an insult." Right. Well, that's like when I the last episode or a couple episodes ago that we did where I said he says I got a green thumb. I'm gonna stick. <laughs> Yeah, sticking exactly. up Kroper's nose. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, why? Oh man, uh, just his rhymes. The way he talks yeah. is just like Roadblock's quickly becoming one of my favorite characters. Well, and I don't know about you guys, but like rewatching this episode, even though I, I vaguely remember that it what this wasn't the case, but 
you know, there's a biker gang. Wouldn't you instinctively think that Dreadnoughts were the biker gang that was? I, I thought it was, and I forgot that it wasn't yeah. distinctly the Dreadnoughts. Yeah. So, um, so we see that uh, Roadblock and Ricondo scare away the bikers and invite some more Joes to the area because something doesn't seem right. So Flint, Lady J, and Cutter come to the diner in a whale. And they drive right up to the restaurant. Right up to the restaurant. <laughs> it's the hovercraft drive through. I mean, he's like, just pulls right up to the side of the building. And if you know, like, he takes up like 10 parking yes. spaces. And if you notice near the end of the episode when they pan back, like, they have some nice seaside area there where they can have like boats pull up all the time. I'm like, I know, it's just right up on the ocean and the whale just comes hovering right on it. So then we have uh, Mr. Quigg comes to try to talk Roblox aunt and uncle into selling the diner back to extensive enterprises. Cause he's already been shown to be buying out some other people's. Uh, well, there's, there's a couple things that happen like in between the, these moments, so yeah. actually before lady Jane and them show up, mm-hmm. cause they, they go back and they show the crimson twins yep. are actually kind of behind this whole scheme. Like, which is just seems kind of silly in, in, to begin with, you know, they're like, let's put, uh, terrorism on hold for a second. And we're going to come up with this, like, restaurant franchise scheme where we're going to make old people come out of retirement. We're going to take them for all they're worth. Right. You know, anyway, so, but when we get introduced to the Crimson Twins, what really cracked me up is they have a plane flying (laughs) (laughs) and they're like, don't bother to land. And they do like this flip out of this. They just jump out of the plane. They just do this, like these crazy acrobatic flip out of the plane and land on their building. And they're like, Oh, they all go walking in. But they're like eight feet above the building, too, when they do it. Right. It's no, not that like... was a really low-flying plane. <laughs> I'm like, this is how they're so rich. They just save money on gas having a plane like actually land. They just fly near where they're going and jump out. Yeah. And, uh, you and not, use the, not use the secret hangar that they had in the last yes. miniseries. <laughs> right. <laughs> to exactly. fly so into that. going to flip right out of our plane and just land. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> and then it's also the first time we see televipers. Yes, which, uh, yes. because he's as they're communicating with um, the teams that are in the field where all the red rockets are back and forth to uh, you know the crimson twins. They use televipers to get that information back and forth. Yep. Um. So, uh, with Mister uh, Quig, like I said, he tries to buy uh, uh, Roblox aunt and uncles uh, dying or back for to extensive enterprises, but Roblox throws them out. Cobra then attacks the diner, and the Joes chase them away. Uh, so then the Joes decide... Oh, that's when he takes the whale, like, right up the side of the mountain. <laughs> I was like, dang, that's got some vertical power, man. It just goes right up this cliff. And I think this is the first time we see the Cobra asps, isn't it? Yes, yes. it is. Like, the little yes. laser kind of artillery. Yeah, which I always yeah. liked as a kid. I always thought that was a cool, like... Yeah, it was a, it was a cool design. Like, this is where, um, as we get into the series... Like, I think a, most of the toys, I mean, it's the first three years of toys have been out. So you have quite a few vehicles and other, yeah. you know, things that they can spotlight. And I loved it that there was, like, a very specific-looking artillery, you know, ve- or vehicle, you know, that could be used. Yeah. And Because um, when you look at it, it just has a distinct look to it. And you're like, oh, man, I totally remember that. Oh, yeah. So um, the Joes decide to go visit Extensive Enterprises headquarters because they realize that the connection there. And they don't have any luck talking with Tomax or Zamot. Well, that's because Roadblock just rushes in. He's like, I don't need no appointment. <laughs> well, and I felt like Flint gave up way too easily, too. He was just like. Yeah. He's like, oh, they said no. <laughs> so, Let's leave. <laughs> so, uh, 
So uh, the Joes uh, come back later uh, after the place closes to see what plans are inside there. Uh, and this, I think, is when Lady J reveals that she has a fear of heights. Um, yeah, it was the first time. I, and she mentions it again. Yeah, so she mentions it a later episode, yeah. Um, which just seems weird because there's been a lot of stuff with heights that she's been involved with before, but this is the first yeah, time she kind of mentions it. So she, she breaks into the, into their office, but Tomax and Zaymot were expecting this. So, um, I found out very quickly in this episode that Tomax and Zaymot are psychotic. Oh yeah. Like they laugh at stuff that no one should be humanly laughing at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I noticed that too. I was just like, why are they laughing? And it's bizarre laughing. Yeah. It's it's just creepy laughing. Like they they push like Lady J jumps back out and they grab onto her legs and they're like laughing as she lets go. <laughs> yeah, they're like ha ha ha. They let her go and then she her scream was like freaky. Yeah. Do you, you remember that? Yeah. Like it was just like the most bizarre scream. It, it didn't even sound human. No. I mean, it sounded like some animal getting butchered or something. It's like falling down and they're like. Ha, 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 and they go running off <laughs> like off camera like they love it and uh i in regards to this scene of them falling i said it's a tip for contractors when they're building a high rise always <laughs> make sure they put swinging poles <laughs> that can extend out so, yeah they just like from building to building yes this way in case your ceos ever decide to fall out the window they can just swing to safety well, it's a good thing they're acrobatic because if you weren't, you would just be banging in poles on the way down, like breaking ribs and bones. Yes. But they're just laughing as they swing down. They're like, ho, ho, ho. Well, and I liked also how they just happen to have a little button on their arm. Uh, <laughs> just in case they fall just out of the Just in case building. to extend those poles out. So I'm like, so that button, I mean, it's such a simple gauntlet, right? And it's just... They've only got enough room for so many buttons. Yeah. So you got to think that button has got to do multiple things at once just in case. So like there's crazy stuff happening all over the building because they push that one button. Yeah. And at least like I'm watching this and I see Lady J's falling. At least like she does something fairly realistic, which is she throws a javelin that has like a rope that attached to it and everything else. I'm like, okay, that I can see. But then, yeah, they do this whole swinging swinging pole thing, (laughs) parallel bars and everything else. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, So then Cobra Commander... uh, uh, comes on the TV threatening to blow up the world's <laughs> capitals if his demands are not met. And he uses a replica of a city <laughs> yes. to demonstrate that. I'm like, you know, if you were a real terrorist like that we would have to worry about, they, he would have just blown up one of the capitals. Yeah. And that, they're like, that's intense. That's kind of like G.I. Joe Resolute. Oh, you know exactly. I mean? Well, and the thing that I noticed, too, is that evidently this new weapon that Destro created wipes out all the buildings and replaces it with a field of grass, trees, and butterflies. Exactly. I'm like, oh, that looks like a pretty nice place. <laughs> I was like, maybe we should use this device on the Chernobyl wastelands or something. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, hey, uh, Destro, can we borrow this technology from you? Because <laughs> we have some areas of the world we'd like to fix up a little bit. Yeah, it's like this is actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> we get rid of the buildings, but we create a park. So, <laughs> um, so the Joes happen to notice that the map that was behind Cobra oh, Commander. Yeah. yeah. So as he's giving his like threatening, you know, like. These are all the places that our weapons are that we're going to destroy you with. Like, why would you even show that? <laughs> and they happen to notice it just happens to line up with all the locations of the red rockets. <laughs> and a roadblock's like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> so uh, the Joes unleash everybody that they have out to get rid of all the red rockets, uh, yeah. missiles and everything else. And there's like this whole montage of Joes attacking different locations and having to take out Cobra agents and... 
But if I shot that missile out of the sky, wouldn't that set the thing off? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like, so they get to the last one, and Roadblock <laughs> yes. climbs on top of it. The twins, who we already know are crazy, climb up after him, grab his leg, and the rocket takes <laughs> off. He's just riding it, man. And in something that, again, cannot possibly happen in real life, Flint says, maybe I can just knock the tip of it off. Yeah. He fires a missile, <laughs> fires a missile that then knocks the tip of another missile off, and no explosion happens. I know. You think whoever's, like, who's with him? Was it Lady J? Yeah. And she's like, he's like, look, I'm just going to shoot the tip off. She's like, there's no way you can do that. He's like, no, 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 just the tip, just the tip. <laughs> and then, so then. <laughs> he should have used the wing. He could have cut it like this tank. Right, right, there you go. Oh, just cut right across the front of it. <laughs> like the saw blade wings. So then Roadblock uh, and the twins crash with the rest of the missile into a river. And you see an explosion, but they all survive. <laughs> <laughs> um and and Flint can ev- evidently tell from the sky that Roblox lived. <laughs> He's alive. <laughs> um so the the Joes win and Roblox uh aunt and uncle decide to feed all of them to thank them and they rename the diner the Joes place. Yeah, eat at Joes. Yeah. Uh Basically, one of my comments for this was also that this was probably the least thought out plan of any Cobra plan ever. That it seems like maybe from they were the, from the very beginning. Yes. When you see Roadblock and, or I guess the very beginning is in the jungle. But the second you see Roadblock and Rakondo and Hawaiian shirts driving in the jeep <laughs> together, I'm like, this is not a serious episode. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm thinking about, it, I'm like. Okay, did Cobra have like a brainstorming session, and this was just one of the ideas, and they're like, "Yeah, let's do that one." <laughs> yeah, look, if we're if we're having an off week, we could always do this red rocket plan. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so that that was. Uh, I think they've just got. They must have like a dozen different large scale terrorist plans going at the same time because i'm like you've got to build up a franchise of red rocket right. businesses buy them back i mean this would take years and they they had thousands of these across the country right and Destro only made the one warhead and evidently they had they somehow in a short period of time were able to create hundreds of warheads oh you know, yeah even more and more and so you got to think all right well well our plan a is the pyramid of darkness right all right if this doesn't work We've got like this other red rocket thing going on in the background. <laughs> That's probably not going to work. So we'll have the next two things, you know, the Vulcan device or whatever it was called. Well, and he made they made multiple warheads that went on all these different red rockets, but yet yeah. there was that element that that tribal kid brought to them, brought to Destro. And I'm thinking, how crucial was that element? Because they evidently were able to make. They've got thousands of them. <laughs> they were able to make hundreds of them, and they only brought one back to Destro. <laughs> I don't know. So, anything else with this episode before we move on? No. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. So it was a good roadblock episode. Oh, it was I a like, very good. Like seeing roadblock so much. And he and we found out his real name was Marvin. Marvin. He's like, please stop calling me Marvin. <laughs> well, you know, I guess that is something there. You know, I, and I know all continuities are all different, but didn't you think it was a little strange that you know not only are these guys on vacation they go to see family and. He entered Roadblock even introduces Rakondo as another Joe. Right. Well, and he also introduces him as Rakondo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, you don't need to know his real name. <laughs> Spider-Man will return after these messages. 
Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on GeekCastRadio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. And we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding. Kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. And we... Okay, seriously. This is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's on Joe Mind every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good. No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, so the next episode, uh, Satellite Down. Oh, there's so many things to say oh. to this one. <laughs> but, all right, so let's jump into it. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I tried, Oh, I, I completely tried to forget about this one. <laughs> yeah. There's I so many you. weird things. So we have the Joes have a satellite in orbit to spy on Cobra, but Cobra tries to take control of it. And rather than lose it to Cobra, G.I. Joe takes it out of orbit, and it crash lands in Africa. Yes. Uh, the closest Joes to go after it are Dusty and Spirit. Flying in their Sky Strikers. Yep. It with freedom. Yep. Dusty tells Spirit about an expedition that was in these parts of Africa and how a guy named Macintosh was the <laughs> only one to come out. Uh, the two. Now he's like some crazed hermit. Yes. Yeah. So the two Joes uh, see a hut on fire below and Storm Shadow is running out of it. So they decide to land. This happened to happen across it. Right. So they they uh, they decide to land to stop them in the quickest landing I've ever seen a plane do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they uh, you know they have them freeze there, and uh, they notice that there is somebody still in the hut. So Spirit, who's the one guy that could take on Storm Shadow, goes after the guy. In the hut, and Dusty, um, who can't fight Storm Shadow, is left to guard Storm Shadow. Yeah, and he's all like, he's like, come on, let me see some of this kung fu. <laughs> you're like, terrible, this is bad. He deserves a beat down. <laughs> like, oh, it's terrible. So then he throws a, a throwing star yeah. at his gun, which rips it in half. To half. Yes. It's like, what are these throwing stars made out of? And how did it not rip spirit, spirit. in or a spirit freedom. or freedom in yeah. half when he caught it in his beak? That is a, that would just like split him. That is one tough yeah. bird, I'm telling you. Yeah. So anyway, so these are pretty intense throwing stars, yes. and of course he he escapes with uh, Dusty. Yep. Just looking like a fool. 
and we see that uh, the old man, surprise, surprise, turns out to be Macintosh. Right. I was waiting for someone else to be like IBM or something. <laughs> uh, the trio meets up with the other Joes, including Flint and Lady J. Uh, they follow Macintosh's lead to where the satellite should be and uh, start to cross a bridge when Cobra attacks. And they're like, oh, has anybody checked this bridge to see if it's like worth, worth going over? And Lady J's like, we'll try it. <laughs> they just go right over it. Yeah. Um, and Cobra attacks right as she's going across, or yeah. the group is going across. So Spirit, Macintosh, and Lady J get shot down uh, to the river below. Uh, and, of course, there's always a river below, so this way they don't yeah. die. Well, you know what? Okay, so they go down, and she's, like, screaming, and, you know, she's talking about how she's afraid of heights again. Yeah. On the way down. And then doesn't Macintosh say... Like, they're falling down. He's like, it's never the fall that kills you. It's the landing. <laughs> like, they're on their way, falling hundreds and hundreds of feet down to the ground. And he's just having a conversation with her. He's like, you know, Confucius say, you know, there's like all these. Right. Well, and the funny anyways, thing is, too, is if, if she's afraid of heights, why was she the first one to volunteer to go across this? <laughs> she doesn't care. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. And then Flint was like. Well, she's gone. Like, yep. <laughs> he gave it like two seconds of thought. Like, well. So there's a river down there. She'll make it. Yep. So they decide uh, Spirit, <laughs> Macintosh, and Lady J decide if they keep going west, they'll hopefully run into the rest of the Joes later. Uh, but they end up coming across Storm Shadow and a couple of the Crimson Guardsmen, and they get into a fight. Uh, but the fight is short-lived because they're all of a sudden surrounded by a tribe of uh, beings called Primorts. Which are... Right, so this was going to be the start of Spirit versus Storm Shadow round four. Right. Right? <laughs> but then these ape dudes all surround him right. and kind of stop it all. So. And Storm Shadow actually tries to escape, and the Primorts are able to stop him. So By body slamming him very awkwardly. Yes. <laughs> you see, he, like, knocks him off the branch, and then he just flattens him, and he's just laying right on top of Storm Shadow. And these Primorts are, like, ape-like creatures, almost. I mean, Yeah, it's kind of like Planet of the Apes-looking people, but not as... Yeah human you know not and they were believed so to be important. mythical in the region uh to everyone except macintosh who knew that they actually did exist so right uh which he loves to rub into people's faces like yeah he just talks about it all the time <laughs> <laughs> so uh they're taking they're taken captive and in the uh fight freedom is knocked down by ebola uh and once it, he was like knocked all crazy yes. you know when he hits the ground he's all like there's like He's like, just rolling around. He can't get get his wits together after that, man. That bullet must have just cracked him right in the head. Right, just knocked him out in a way that no throwing star ever could. Good. Exactly. Like uh, Storm Shadows just start carrying bullets. Yeah. So uh, those Joes and Macintosh are taken to an an altar where they're to be sacrificed to their god, and the god happens to be the satellite that crash land landed and uh it's because it has like the glowing red lights that look like a face and everything else it looks like yeah. angry eyes um so back with uh flint and everything he's he's anxious to get to lady j so what helps them get across the bridge layer <laughs> <laughs> uh once again toll booth with no lines come nope. <laughs> And uh, the Joes get across, and they find uh, Freedom. I said I put, and I noticed they find Spirit, but they actually found Freedom, uh, who is laying on the ground, and <laughs> he's still like all like knocked <laughs> out. I mean, just like he's like. Rrr, rrr. It took like that bird like five tries to get up off the ground. 
it's like he's drunk or something. Um, so Freedom is actually leading uh, the Joes away uh, to where the rest of the, uh, where Lady J and, and uh, Spirit were taken, which I don't know how Freedom knew where they were. No, he didn't make it there. Right. I guess you can smell them. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. That does, I didn't know birds could do that. I don't know. But uh, Freedom does swoop in just at the nick of time to save Lady J from being sacrificed. Um, right. Lady J uh, frees the others, and they all battle the Primorts together because they decide to Well, she, she frees Spirit. Yes. And then Spirit, like, there's all this conversation about between Honor and Warriors, and Spirit frees Storm Shadow. And Lady J is like, what the? You know, she's <laughs> like, why are you doing that for? And uh, so then I thought, it's funny because she, they only show spirit free storm shadow and then they all go running off yeah. i was like well what about all the crimson guards that yeah. were with them like we only show enough honor to to free this one guy but then in the next shot as they run into like this cliff you, you finally see the other yeah. crimson guards but i don't know who freed those guys like, they're know. like sorry guys you're on your own like we're out of here so then we see uh they escape the the primorts are attacking them but just when they think they're kind of free and clear uh, there's this group of Primorch children that show up <laughs> and start attacking them. <laughs> and one of them jumps on the back of Storm Shadow, which, again, just proves that Storm Shadow is not as tough as he should be in these things. Oh, my God. Storm Shadow grabs the, the child and throws him against the wall. <laughs> Slam! Um, and Lady J comes to the, the child's defense. Uh, and... Uh, Storm Shadow decides that their truce is over and he throws a grenade which causes a rock slide to occur, which we see Lady J's project, protecting the little child and Spirit is kicking away giant boulders that are Yeah, he did like this jump sidekick and the boulder bigger than him like goes flying. <laughs> like, Dang! Spirit's got some moves. So just when they think they're about to be uh, overrun by this avalanche, Flint, Dusty, and the rest of the Joes arrive just in time and they blast away a lot of the the debris that that's falling. But um, just the ones that spirit can it like spin kick away. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the primort child is revealed to be the leader of the primort's uh, son, and they are a- actually able to uh, develop a bond uh, of respect. And uh, the leader says "orto," which evidently means, <laughs> means thank you. <laughs> So yeah. he thanks the Flynn is just fascinated by this. Yes. Uh, there was another word, umgaba, um, that he says <laughs> at another point. Right. We never find out what that means, though. No. <laughs> so uh, he thanks the Joes for saving his son uh, by saying Orto, and the Primorts join the Joes in chasing away Cobra because Cobra is now uh, in full force there uh, trying to get the satellite. Um the Joe, uh, the Joes are able to uh, after the whole battle's over and Storm Shadows chased away with the Crimson Guard and everything else. Um, the Joes are allowed to take away all the microchips from the satellite uh, for the data that they need, and they leave the Primorts with a television. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that's magically has cable. Yes, I, that was one of or my satellite. Notes. Yeah, it has <laughs> some type of satellite connection plus power. Yeah. Never forget that. <laughs> I never thought about that. Somehow it turned on. It's either battery powered or they left them a generator <laughs> with some gasoline or something. Yeah. Uh, they and also somehow the primorts know how to turn it on. And a commercial is on for toothbrushes. 
And I can uh, completely understand why they would want to smash this TV. Because that was the most annoying commercial like they could have ever done. And but it's so funny because they even say they'll know what to do with it. Yeah. Is that a commentary on television? Uh, no. I guess. So. That's a, Just cartoon. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so they immediately bash it and they start to dance around it chanting Yo-Jo. Oh. Like over and over and over again. Like, please let this episode end. Yes. A couple of neat things is uh, Flint, where he was like working his way up to get in the into this Fang helicopter. He does like these crazy acrobatics, and then jumps up there. And when he punches that guy in the face, it was like a gunshot. Yes. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. It's like cow. And then he punches him two or three times. Yeah. I'm like, that guy's head is mush inside of that helmet. Because I mean, he, he just destroyed him. He goes after the satellite, and he like climbs yeah. his way up, and like the guy was about to cut the line, and he was able to get up. I was like, this. This showed that Flint was a total badass. Yeah, man. It was just a big-time action scene. <laughs> he climbs up this fang, which any any person who gets into a fang is a pretty brave dude. Yeah. I mean, just to begin with. Yeah. But let alone have a fist fight in one, because you just kick a guy up in the air and they're done. Right. And I pointed out that without freedom, Lady J would be dead, because that rock would have came down and crushed her. Yeah, join the spirit club. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I also pointed out that I always loved, uh, personally for me, I, I have always liked the lost tribe type idea, even though these guys were kind of goofy Yeah, um, they're, yeah. where they kind of join up with the good guys to kind of save the day and everything else. So, mm-hmm. um, so anything else with this episode for you guys? No, not, not oh, my this favorite. Was, this was <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty bad. So now we, the only, the only redeeming quality of it was it just showed more, uh, spirit storm shadow. Yes. But to me, that was it. And I remember at first, like that whole making spirit, a, a fighter, you know, that would connect with storm shadow was always a weird choice to begin with. Yeah. But the more I see them fight each other, I kind of like this little side plot they have going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next episode is Cobra Stops the World. Very ominous sounding title. This was uh, this was actually one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I actually did like this yeah. one. This was a good one. I think overall, to me, this felt like it was one of the miniseries that was condensed down into um, you know, just a one single episode. episode. Yeah. Especially with how it opened with Cobra like yeah. attacking all these different locations and like it starts off with this commentary, like telling you all the things that have just happened. Yeah. Kind of like the way they would recap like the past two or three episodes, yep. you know, so you're like, oh man, all this stuff just happened. And then we get dropped right into the middle of this yep. the story. And my only question with that was, I was like, where are the Joes while Cobra's attacking all these places? <laughs> like, yeah. They're uh, on vacation with Roadblock and, and Rakondo, <laughs> you know, in their Hawaiian shirt. They're still eating at Joe's place. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so this episode, as mentioned, uh, opens with Cobra attacking and taking out a lot of energy okay. sources. But first off, first off, okay, so Cobra Commander is doing this broadcast, right? The, the Cobra symbol behind him just looks silly. It looks ridiculous. Like the Cobra eyes, it wasn't on model at all. No. The Cobra <laughs> eyes are two little circles that are just completely <laughs> round circles. And then the fangs are like itty-bitty fangs. I mean, they're just like little, little tiny fangs. So it is the most non-threatening Cobra symbol yes. possible. And it just happens to be the backdrop of this big like terrorist broadcast. <laughs> As they're taking out all these different locations. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, they finish by actually zapping uh, a fleet of tankers, uh, which right. we find out 
they don't destroy them. They just make them disappear. Uh, at another, Which, well, at the same time, so you know, we're, here we are. It's another doomsday weapon, yep. and, and we're in another snake-looking temple that they must have built up. Yep. Um, and then they're talking. I guess it's um, Colonel Sharp is talking with Duke, yep. who's they're all kind of on the move. And then it's Scarlet who says, "Oh, they weren't destroyed. They were just made to look invisible." Through this chameleon technology, like how does she know that? <laughs> well, it, she was just on a motorcycle, just and, you know, cruising around. Doesn't this weapon look mysteriously a little bit like the mass device? That's what I thought. They exactly the like the mass device. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they they're they're at the point where they're just scrounging like spare parts right. to build new doomsday weapons. Yep. Uh, Cobra Commander demands that the leaders surrender themselves. World leaders surrender themselves to Cobra if they want to have any of their precious resources. Uh, so then we cut to Torpedo, Robert's face. Hey, it's Torpedo! <laughs> but he just wasn't nearly as energetic this time. No. Did you notice that? I think it was. I think he's been he's been hanging out with Deep Six. Too I was much. say I think Deep Six kind of off. Deep Six was angry. <laughs> he's an angry Nobody man. would ever want to team up with Deep Six. Like he is just a stick in the mud. Yeah, they they Deep Six and Torpedo just do not get along. Um, no. They're uh, sent to a location in the ocean where there's this supposed to be this floating Cobra base, which is like the size of a city. Yeah. Like, it was huge. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they attack the base. They take out some Cobra Eels, which the Cobra Eels were always one of my favorite figures to play yeah. with. Yeah, it, the, the yeah. cool design. It was really neat to see. Yeah. And it, but it was kind of weird. They had this uh, little sonic weapon yeah. know, that they shot at, at Torpedo and Deep Six. And then Deep Six just gets, like, angry. Yeah. And Smashes his face mask. <laughs> I mean, he just, like, busts the, in each of their face masks and then breaks a gun in half. Yeah. With his bare hands. And I'm thinking, he's coming at you. Shoot him. <laughs> yeah. No, they're just like, oh, it's not working. Bash, man. He just, like, yeah. he's one of those guys that's real quiet and a little angry. And then if you push his buttons a little too far, like, he'll destroy somebody. Right. So then uh, Torpedo actually shoots, uh, I think it was a harpoon inside <laughs> yeah. when one of the... Uh, he shoots a little spear gun. They're, well, they're, one, they're shooting these enormous torpedoes at torpedoes. Right. Okay. So they're trying to take out one dude in the ocean with like five torpedo missiles. Yep. And, he, and he shoots this he harpoon inside and it blows up this huge pillar. The entire base! <laughs> right. All it does is hit some torpedoes inside this one location, and it's, it destroys this massive pillar, which then destroys the entire location. <laughs> From one harpoon. Yes. I'm like, torpedo is the man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you really get a size, an idea of the size of this place because there's like uh, skyscrapers and everything else. Is there like <laughs> all the Cobra agents are trying to leave. Um but it gives them no idea where uh, – it gives them no information on where the tankers are, which I love that too. They report back saying, yeah, there was no information to let us know where the tankers are. And I'm like, you didn't even get a chance to try to look for information. <laughs> just Yeah, in this huge city, they couldn't find anything. They just blew it up. Yeah. So uh, Duke is flying with Ace. Uh, which was awesome. Like yes. Ace, of course, is flying, and you expect him to be the best pilot they have. I mean, his name's Ace. Right. That's his specialty. He's the only one wearing headgear. Yep. Uh, so you think, all right, he knows what he's doing. And this whole next sequence just bugs the heck out of him. Yeah. So, uh, they're attacked by several rattlers, uh, and they're actually able to, Ace is actually able to take out, uh, a couple of them. 
Yeah, the first two. Yeah, and uh, and I thought that was done really well. I liked. I really yeah. Liked that. So at this point, I'm like, man, the Ace is showing his moves, like showing what he's doing. So right now, his kill ratio is you know one to two. Yep. Um, and then he's they're taken out. They're shot down. And then he gets shot down. <laughs> <laughs> like man, Ace, I was expecting so much more. And, they, and what I loved is even a little later, he in his dialogue, he says, "Yeah." Um, I probably should have done better with that, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever, however he says it. But he's like, he knew he really sucked it up on so that time around. they parachute out, and then the Rattler also shoots their parachute, so they fall where? In, in a river. Into a river. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they swim to shore, and they're met by Major Blood, uh, who has a, uh, a group of natives that are called the Yellow Mamos, uh, and Yeah, they look like in, those Indiana Jones natives. Yeah, the Jovitos. <laughs> Yeah, and they he actually says that they were at war with another tribe, and that was the first thing I thought. I was like, well, maybe they're in war with the Hovito tribe. <laughs> um, and then, uh, of course, Major Blood's there with this tribe. So then, what happens for poor Ace? He gets captured with Duke. Yep, Duke. This is number five. This is number five. <laughs> number five. Flint is still at one. <laughs> so Just keeping the record straight. Right. I, I have the tally right here. So, <laughs> um, so then Scarlet, uh, we we switch over to Scarlet is disguised as a little lady, and she <laughs> infiltrates a Cobra like safe house location. Yeah, she's like begging for food or money. Or uh, whatever. She wants to use. Do their... we figure out? Do we know how they figured out that was a Cobra base? No. Or okay. No. I just make sure I didn't. I miss think something they just came there. over the, the communications and told her what it looked like. It was like this. You know, normal house with a white picket fence. Yeah, I think they were like that. Look for the guys in blue suits inside. Yeah, I think Duke <laughs> was telling her something. That's when she was driving on the highway and everything else. Like, yeah, when she was on the motorcycle. Yeah, but I don't think they ever made it real clear, like why. Which she actually, I forgot to bring this up. I, this is the first episode we see Scarlet in since the uh, miniseries. Yeah, yeah. And like we're this is nine episodes. Well, actually, wasn't in? was was Scarlet on the satellite though too? Yeah, she was because she hugged the fatal fluffies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So again, hanging out with Duke, who got captured. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, she takes out everyone in this in this safe house. Uh, this was a pretty cool sequence, though. I mean, yeah. Because she does a really good job of like knocking them all out, and then yep. they open this trap door, and she falls in. Yep. And he's like, "Ah, I gotcha!" And then he sh- she shoots up a little grappling bow from her crossbow and takes flies him. up and kicks him in the face. Yep. That was face. awesome. Yep. That was pretty cool. And he reveals that uh, the one agent she talks to says he doesn't have any information. They don't tell them anything. And right when that happens, Cobra Commander comes back on the TV and blows up one of the tankers as a sign to take him seriously. Yeah, I thought this was intense because yeah. it wasn't like a fake tanker. Right. You know, it wasn't like a replica tanker that we're going to blow up and show you what we could actually do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he, he actually blows one up. Yep. So that was pretty cool. Um, and when this happens, uh, back at G.I. Joe headquarters, Sparks... Uh, who's another Joe introduced here, tells Colonel Sharp that since Cobra Commander used a remote detonator, he might uh, be able to trace the signal with this gadget he's been working on. Yeah, and like the tinker blows up and he's like, woohoo! And the, the Colonel Sharp is like, why are you celebrating? We lost the tinker. <laughs> and and uh, he goes, well, if they blow up another one, I'll be able to figure out where they're coming from. So we already I'm know. I'm like, that sucks for everybody on the tanker. <laughs> I was going to say, we already know that they're going to have to blow up another tanker. I know. Before you can even have the next clue in the puzzle, like, all those guys are dead. And that's if he gets it fixed in time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, 
I actually, the Joes aren't really on their game yeah. in this episode. And I actually asked Chuck about this. I was like, was Sparks ever made as a figure? Because I never remembered. And he said I, he was a total new character. I didn't know. Yeah. About. And he said no. He says unless the Collector Club made a figure of him, he says he doesn't think Sparks has ever had a figure made of him. He just shows up in this one episode to like. He plays a major role though. <laughs> yeah, big time. So. But you would think somebody like Breaker or Airtight or you know could have done the exact same yeah. thing. Um, we could have used a figure of Colonel Sharp being made too. So that's true. Uh-huh. I think they did make Sparks as a Joe Con figure okay. several years ago. It sounds familiar. It does sound really familiar. Okay. Yeah. So at least they he, they did that. So. Yeah. Um. So then we go back to uh, Ace and Duke, and Ace actually fakes having some internal damage. So the tribe are going to throw him, uh, throw him into this pit with all these snakes. But it right at the last moment they. Uh, the distraction caught, allows Duke to actually uh, kick some butt along with Ace, and they take the guns and everything else from the the tribemen and, and actually take Major Blood uh, by surprise and are able to actually escape. Right. So they in a in a Rattler, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I say Duke Duke Duke's pretty baller in this man. He plows that plane right into that cave, yeah. into that uh, mine, <laughs> and blows it up. Well, and, and before this you know, even happens, for being caught all these times, that was pretty. That was that was pretty studly there. Yeah. And be, some well, and before that even happens, they uh, they run to this place, and Ace says, "Oh my God!" They you know at the tribe's location, they built an airstrip. And they notice that they're keep they're using the tribes people as like slaves and everything else to to get yeah. diamonds and everything. So uh, so yeah, uh, Duke tells Ace to go get the Rattler, and then like you said, John, then Duke jumps into this other jet and just like rams it right there. He joins in with with Ace into the Rattler, and they fly off. Um, Sparks finishes the gadget just in time uh, for the next hour to be up. And Cobra Commander blows up another tanker, <laughs> and the mm-hmm. Joes are able to locate where the Cobra base is because of this. Uh, they lead a full-scale assault, and they're helped. Uh, they're actually again on another Cobra temple. Yes, <laughs> that that Cobra Commander is like, "There's no way they'd be able to find us here." It's like I don't know it's like, how. Oh, come on, have them located all over the world. <laughs> and how, you could just like turn in the corner, and you're hitting another Cobra temple right. at this point. So. Uh, there's a big battle that that takes place here, and uh, Cobra actually has a lot of like their hiss tanks and everything else are located, and they're they're fending off the Joes pretty well until Ace. This was a good battle. Yeah. This is pretty cool. Yeah, until Ace and Duke show up, and uh, the Cobras ac- uh, actually think that the Rattlers on their side. So they kind of stop firing in that yep. direction so that he can come in. They're expecting the Rattler to come in and take out the Joes. Yep. Well, then he just swoops around and just fires, like unloads all of its missiles. Yes, and blows up all of the different vehicles, which gives the Joes the upper hand. Uh, Duke and Scarlet and Ace storm the base and uh, approach Cobra Commander. Duke actually goes up to Cobra Commander uh, and grabs him, but uh, Cobra Commander has this gas that he unleashes underneath his mask. And uh, it actually knocks Duke onto his knees, and Cobra Commander and Destro can it gives them time to escape. And the episode ends with uh, Duke and Scarlet flying off to get dinner. Well, it's like when uh, when Duke lands, Scarlet runs up and gives him like this really big hug, and she's yep. all like hanging on him. Oh yeah. And then Ace is just standing there like, hey, hey guys, <laughs> get no love at all. Yep. Absolutely, but you get you bit you get Duke's best line of of the show so far in this one too at the end, 
when they're going off to dinner and he says, now you're cooking with gas. Oh, boy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that because he got gassed in the face by Cobra Commander? So. Yeah. Like, why would you bring that up, dude? <laughs> By this point in in the watching these, <laughs> by by this point of watching these episodes, uh, is when I made a note saying, "Where is Cobra getting all this money for these giant bases that they have that are all over the world?" Because now we've had this water base that was the size of a city plus another yeah, base. Yeah, taken out. Yep. Like two major bases were taken out in this episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then we come to anything. There's there's some things I wish I would have kept a tally of, and at this point I don't want to go back and watch right. them all again. Like how many basic Cobra bases have been destroyed, that kind of stuff. Exactly. I might be able to to figure that one out by the next time we record. I, I may actually be because I know what source I used to help remind me of what was happening oh, okay. in these episodes. So I there was a lot of images and everything else that I used to help refresh my memory when I was re- doing the recaps <laughs> on these. So. So I might be able to add. I mean, it's it's well. I mean, it's almost a new temple every episode, oh, right? Yeah, almost. So. so I mean, you have at least one temple for each miniseries. Yep. So that's three temples, and then you have like these these five episodes. There's been almost a temple in each episode, at right? least, yeah, if not more. Yeah. So we're we're at like around eight or ten yeah, at least. Exactly. Uh, anything else with that episode before we get into the final one here? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that one wasn't bad. I mean, no, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, that one wasn't too bad. Um, so the last episode here is called Jungle Trap, and this was one where I actually noticed who wrote it. It was actually written by Paul Dini, and oh yeah, for those that don't know who Paul Dini is, he is well known for doing the DC animated stuff that's out there. Um, he also wrote. Uh, and I believe, if I remember right, he also wrote an episode of Transformers uh, around the same yeah. time as this yeah. one was done. Uh, but I think this is the only Joe episode that he actually writes. But like I said, he's very well known for the DC animated stuff taking off like it did. So um, so with this one, we have uh, Rakondo, Duke, Scarlet, and Rock and Roll travel to an Indian marketplace uh, to meet up with Dr. Shakur, uh, yeah. which is, I think, Tupac's father. And, and, uh, he has the plans for a Vulcan machine, uh, invention, which could help for a new energy source, but he's afraid that Cobra, uh, would use it for something else. So he's right. Like they offered, they even offered to pay him for his services, like millions of dollars, but he turned it down. Yep. Dr. Shakur is actually kidnapped though as the Joes are ambushed by Zartan and the Dreadnoughts. So they're trying to get him to safety, and Zartan, uh, I think it was two Hiss tanks show up at the base of these steps. Yeah, Zartan says, yep. Go, cut through here, it's a it's a shortcut, and it comes down. Yep. And then they're like, it's a trap! Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Like, they actually said it, yes. like the dialogue. They're like, it's a trap! Yes. And uh, Zartan and the Dreadnoughts show up behind them, so they can't go back the way they came. And then that's when Zartan says, all too easy. Yes. I was like, dang, two in a row. Like, what the heck? <laughs> so uh, he, Buzzer actually comes down towards the Joes, but Snake Eyes drops in from above and knocks him back. Um, so, Which I thought this was kind of cool because uh, you, you had the, the rock and roll, Rakondo, you know, all those guys on their team. And then kind of showed Snake Eyes as like that loner, like he was just trailing the team. Yeah. But he doesn't always say that necessarily with him. And to me, like this is the modern version of Snake Eyes, where he's like, 
he'll go out with everybody, but he's on his own little yeah. solo mission to help out. And, and it actually the shows Lord. the stealth of Snake Eyes too, because he's staying yeah, hidden this for the yeah. first time ever. <laughs> like, oh, come on. So um, the Joes are able to escape when Scarlet fires an incendiary uh, arrow to block off the Cobra Hiss tanks. Yeah. Um, they. Ju- I mean, when you think about it, the only notable scene with Snake Eyes up to this point was his break dancing, right? So I was like, finally, we get to see him do in his element actually do something cool. And the cool thing is that this isn't the only time in this episode we see him do something cool, which right. which is good. He's used a lot. Yep. Uh, so they just miss. Uh, they try to catch up with saving Doctor Shakur, but he's taken away in a, in the water moccasin, uh, just as they uh, the Joes arrive on the scene. Yeah. Um, so they circle the Joes circle back to an APC, and Ricardo tells the Joes about uh, where there's this local tribe that talks about a snake cult near in a nearby temple. So once again, Cobra has taken over a temple. <laughs> uh, he says that the terrain is too deadly to travel by foot. It would take several days, and it's just some of the deadliest ground you'd ever want to travel through. Um, so they try to get there by using dragonflies. Uh, and here we get, I think, Wild Bill and uh, yeah, he shows up. and Ripcord yeah. is yeah. Uh, they travel in a dragonfly, and Duke and Scarlet are in another dragonfly, and Rakondo, Snake Eyes, and Rock and Roll are in, a, in another one. Yeah, did you pick up on that? It was a three seater dragonfly. Yes. yes, I did. Yes, because <laughs> otherwise you got like Snake Eyes on Rock and Roll's lap, and that's kind of awkward. <laughs> right. Um, so they go through this, uh, all of a sudden the fangs show up and they start, uh, again, another ambush. (laughs) Helicopter fight. Yes. So we have, it's a pretty cool helicopter fight. The only thing I did notice with the dragonflies is evidently they are very resistant to laser blasts because they got hit multiple times by the fangs laser blast and only got actually shot down when the fangs used missiles against them. Yeah, they're pretty tough. And I also noticed that Wild Bill and Ripcord are able to get back to base, and it just so happens that the one one of the dragonflies that gets shot down is the one that has Rakondo in it, who's probably the most crucial guy that you need to have shot down with you in these <laughs> in these jungle areas. So, yeah, can you imagine if you're like stuck in the jungle with Ripcord? He's like, I got nothing. <laughs> like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> I mean, Wild Bill might be a little useful. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So then Cobra Commander actually activates, uh, sees that they're all in the jungle. He activates the jungle traps in the area. And the first one that's uh, released is a rhino uh, from a pen. Well, there's a couple little ones, like yeah. uh, Scarlet trips on a tripwire, and then they miss the thing. And then, uh, shoot, there's another kind of classic and Scarlet, jungle trap. And Scarlet was like, tripwire, what are you doing here? <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, of course, then they that let the rhino out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Rock and roll almost falls in. And, yeah. And Snake Eyes saves him. So uh, the rhino then comes out and attacks him. And uh, Rock and roll is all ready to shoot the rhino. but Duke tells him. Duke tells him to shoot it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, gun it down. And Ricardo's like, wait, wait. And he, he leads the rhino over to this uh, cliff. And Duke's like, I think I know what he has planned. And uh, he dives out of the way. The rhino goes over the cliff. Which I hope that Ricardo knew that there was a lake under at the bottom <laughs> of the cliff and not just sending it to its doom. Um, uh, and the rhino, even once it lands, it looks like it can't swim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just drowns. It just hit its head on a rock and drowns like it's over. So uh, we go through the jungle now, and we're seeing the Joes are activating more traps. 
uh, and Rakondo's kind of saving them, like, and there's even, like, stuff with snakes and everything else that happened. Um, and then there's, like, the one trap where uh, Rakondo takes, like, a, a pear or something off of a, a tree, tosses it into this clearing, and these lasers pop up and shoot him. And Cobra Commander thinks that they've now killed uh, the Joes because the lasers were triggered. Right. And then Zartan shows them, no, actually, they're still alive. Um, so then Cobra Commander decides he's going to release some uh, striped hyenas. And Zartan <laughs> points out that these are very deadly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, As opposed to spotted hyenas. Right, exactly. Um, or any type of hyena, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rakondo actually hears the the hyenas coming and says really the only way they're going to be able to survive is if they get uh, um, if they lose them so he sees the rivers ahead and they decide that they're going to swing across so duke decides to take up the rear of this and uh they all swing across but duke dun 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 gets, gets captured <laughs> so that's number 6 <laughs> and i'm sorry but i'm counting that he got captured yeah, no, he was the one who got caught in the trap. Nobody else had got caught in a trap right. yet. Uh, and it's a, one of those rope traps where his leg gets yeah. caught and he gets pulled up. And the hyenas... He's hanging upside down. Yep, the hyenas show up and he's doing everything he can not to have them uh, snap at him. He's like doing some ab exercises, man. He's like hanging upside down. He's like lifting his torso up like over and over again. I'm like, man, Duke's got to be in shape for that kind of mess. So now we get another cool scene with Snake Eyes where he decides yes! to swing back over. He... <laughs> Fights off the hyenas like he drop kicks a hyena. <laughs> that was awesome. And like, then, like there was three of them that then like jump him. Yeah. And he fights them all off. And he like he man power blasts them away. Like yeah. he just like <laughs> and he just punches them and they all go flying. And then he shoots at some of them and uh, yeah scares them away and he's able to save Duke and Duke like pretends to scold them and and everything else and just as this happens. Uh, uh, Copperhead shows up with a bunch of Cobra Troopers in the water. Yeah, which it was co- it was cool to see the you know new character Copperhead and the water moccasin all pull up. That was that was awesome. And I'm not going to count this as a capture for Joe uh, for Duke because it was kind of like they they were never really captured because the other Brown, yeah the other Joes swing across and take out everyone on the the water moccasin. So so Duke is still kind of a boy. Duke is still at six captures. <laughs> Right, I and mean, we're giving you some credit, Duke. I mean, all the other ones, legitimate captures. But this one, like, we understand. We'll give it to you. So it's still six to one. And really, when you look yeah. back at these episodes, the reason Duke didn't get captured in some of the other episodes is because Duke wasn't even in those episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If he was in it, he would have been captured. Right. Like, that's a guarantee. Right. So, the, like I said, the Joes overtake the boat, uh, and they actually knock out uh, – well, they have Copperhead take them to where the temple is – and uh, they're all dressed in the disguises of the Cobra Troopers. Uh, right before they arrive, cop, uh, they knock Copperhead out. Like they just judo chop him yep. right in the neck. <laughs> and uh, some of the Cobra Troopers are at the temple say, what happened to him? And they're like, oh, it's the sleeping. He's got sleeping sickness. sickness yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's contagious. Right. They're like, oh, better get to the infirmary. We're out. So uh, Like they'll believe anything. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Like Cobra, Cobra soldiers are so dead. <laughs> Um, so they enter, uh, all the Joes enter the, the temple just in time to see the Vulcan machine, which was finished by Dr. Shakur again in five minutes. <laughs> like they built this machine in no time. And it's massive. 
It's yeah, it's huge. I mean, it took them from the time for well, I guess in 24 hours, right? Because yeah. that's when Rakondo said that's how long it would take them to walk through the jungle. Yeah. Okay, so we know it's the next day, and they've built this machine from scratch. Yep. <laughs> it's huge. It's like the size of a room. Yep, and uh, we and the whole reason it was even built was because Doctor Shakur was taken control by uh, Cobra with the headband that evidently came from the first miniseries. Exactly. <laughs> but it was a little bit more elaborate because they actually had a Cobra head uh, on it, yeah. um, and it was gold. So and you didn't need the little Atari joysticks right. to keep. It <laughs> <laughs> so uh they actually saved they've upgraded their tech exactly so they actually saved dr shakur and they blast the uh the vulcan machine which is already powered up at this point and it's going to fire a blast anyways and it points uh the the shooting that they do to it actually points it down at the earth below the actual temple yeah. uh and this causes the lava to actually come up from from uh the earth, under the earth's crust and zartan escapes away on his swamp sled. Well, it's because there wasn't there a break in this roof or something like that. Yes. And he's like, that's sun. And he just runs off again. Like, <laughs> yeah, Sartan is so easy to beat. You just open a window. He's like a vampire. And he's like, ah, and he turns blue and takes off. But he wasn't blue when he was riding his little swamp ski thing no, or whatever no. he was driving. But, um, and, uh, Cobra, uh, rest of Cobra quickly retreats. Uh, they're able to get away. Yeah. Uh, the Joes come back, uh, to the water moccasin, and they throw Copperhead overboard at this point because he just wakes <laughs> up. Yeah, then they just try, and then he like Duke just handily lifts him up out of it. I mean, Copperhead's got to weigh 200, 225, and Duke just lifts him up and chucks him out. And doesn't Duke say something like, "This just isn't your day" or something like that? Yeah, I mean, like Copperhead does not have the best debut. You know what I mean? Like he just gets. Just totally manhandled and knocked out like all episodes. And the thing is, I always liked Copperhead. I never had him as a as a kid. I don't ha- even have him now. I'd like to uh, get like the updated version of him. But um, I always always liked the design of him. Yeah, his helmet was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I've I've always liked the way yeah. he looked. I do have the uh, Joe Creo version of Cop of Copperhead. So <laughs> I at least have that. Yeah, um, I've actually got a couple of water moccasins, and then. So I've got two, at least two, maybe I think I have three versions of Copperhead. Nice, nice. But um, so uh, what, just as they're uh, driving away, Wild Bill shows up uh, with Ripcord and Cutter in the whale, and uh, Rock and Roll starts to tell them about the story of everything that's happened up to this point, which I also found interesting because uh, Rock and Roll starts telling the story, and Wild Bill I think says something like about it. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a doozy. And then Duke takes over telling the story at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Duke, you're just in, invading on rock and roll story. Come on. Yeah, man. Just totally cuts him out. Well, then and there was at one point where I think Cobra Commander tells Duke just says weird things too. Like Cobra Commander tells him to surrender. And then Duke yells back, surrender my grandmother. <laughs> I was like, what? Why are you bringing your grandmother into it? Again, like that has nothing to do with this. Again, these these uh, Joe quotes that really just don't make any sense. <laughs> um, one thing I did forget to mention when it came speaking of Duke is back uh, when we covered the Pyramid of Darkness in that Cobra base where the the uh, shipwreck and uh, Snake Eyes had planted that uh, uh, tracker on the one of the cubes. Yeah. Uh, there was a uh, over uh, loudspeaker like announcement being made, and if you listen to it, it sounds like it's Duke. 
it sounds like it's it's uh oh yeah it, is it what michael bell no. yeah michael bell yeah voice. it sounded like it was michael bell's voice so um so i was like is, is duke being a traitor he's working for the pa he's one of the times he was captured he was just like <laughs> they had him work at hey, the while we've got you in the cell can you make announcements for us? <laughs> <laughs> sure i'm not doing anything else flint's already doing my job so um <laughs> so uh i actually really liked this episode this was actually my favorite episode out of the five um because I liked Rakondo, I, I always liked Jungle Adventures and stuff like that. And I actually thought that this was an episode that probably could have went two episodes rather than just one. Because uh, I thought you could have more of the adventure in the jungle of them getting to the temple and everything. It, it just seemed to wrap up pretty quickly. It was like almost like a montage. Yeah. Well, I guess it was, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to like playing it all out. Right. Yeah. So I, I think I would have liked to have seen it turn into a two-episode thing where you saw more detail and like i said it kind of wrapped up pretty quick at the end of like okay let's just blast the big machine again and yeah but like i said this one i i really enjoyed and that was before i even knew it was i had realized it was done by paul dini but uh uh like i said i i always liked the character Ricondo, so it was kind of fun to see him in his element doing what he does those are my favorite episodes in general it's like whenever you have got you know, um, snow job in the Arctic or Rakondo in the jungle, that kind of yeah, stuff. Or Alpine where, on know. a mountain or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Those, those are my favorites. So out of these, uh, five episodes, uh, did you guys have a favorite one that stuck out for you? John? I think I liked, uh, honestly, I liked countdown for Zartan. I think the best okay. of the five, um, I, I'd certainly like the last one a lot too, but I really, I just, I thought it was really funny, like we said earlier. You know, you get you get gung ho fleshed out in that, and yep. psyching mm-hmm. uh, Zartan out, and you know, hey, they're all better than that piece of crap with the primords. And that <laughs> that one was just boy, we couldn't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, even Red Rocket was, was was better than the satellite. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I think yeah. my my favorite was probably Cobra Stops the World, but there are some parts in it that were kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But um, I like the opening. The whole opening. You know, first ten minutes of yeah. the show, five even five minutes of the show yeah. was great. I like that. Um, I like that they're actually blowing up tankers and Cobra seemed like a real threat. Yeah. You know, because there's consequences. Um, of course, we get some more torpedo. <laughs> torpedo was in that one. Hey! And then, and then there's like the Sky Striker and the Rattler kind of dogfight. And I was, I'm always like way into. The aerial you know, if, if it doesn't have a bridge layer, the next, you know, I need a sky <laughs> striker fight. Yeah. It's got to be one or the other. Yeah. If I'm going to like that episode. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else to say with these episode, these five episodes? Uh, nope. This is going to be a long haul. That's all I want to say. Oh, yeah. It's like, man, getting through these next 10 episodes, I was like, I mean, they're fun to watch, definitely. Yeah. But once I sit down and start taking notes on them, yeah. I'm like, Watching one after the next, I'm like, man. Well, and my problem for me, the reason I refer back to some stuff I find on the internet of like pictures from the episode and everything is I usually watch them at night. I have a little portable DVD player and I'll get into bed and I'll actually watch an episode right before I go to sleep. So the next morning I wake up and I have to kind of, kind of remember what happened. And as I'm watching the episodes, I'm trying to make mental notes of like certain things that stood out for me that I wanted to make sure I make notes of. So, um, yeah, the the forum for geeks has really been helpful for me because then, like I said, the next day I'll post. I'll usually the next day I'll post like what happened as far as the synopsis, and then usually as I'm typing up the synopsis, it reminds me of some of the things I wanted to remember. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it's going to be a long haul. It's what ninety five episodes. <laughs> yeah, we're we're right at twenty right. episode twenty. So and then uh, I I noticed and again whoever wants to join me with the adventure sure is certainly welcome to. But then Deke actually has forty four episodes, I believe. <laughs> so it's going to be so hard. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! The thing I found out also interesting, just another little tidbit when it comes to this uh, the Sunbow versus the Deke series that I didn't realize was that. Uh, the Sunbow went from 85 to 86, and then we had the movie in 87. And then there was no Joe cartoon until Deke took over in 89. So we actually went almost right, two so years. nothing in 88. Yeah. yeah, almost two years before we got back to having any type of cartoons uh, of G.I. Joe. So I, Yeah, I, don't, I didn't remember that there was such a, a big gap. Like, these 80s shows, uh, you know, He-Man and Thundercats, G.I. Joe, Transformers, there was so many episodes that came out in just a year or two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like right now, you might get 24, 20, anywhere between 20 and 24 episodes in a year. Yeah. But back then, you know, one year, and you've got 60 to 80 episodes oh, yeah. a year. Easily. Right. Easily. Yep. It was crazy. Yeah, I think whatever we decide to do is our next one, which is still a long ways off. I think uh, we should find a series that we both have that is, like, 30 episodes or something like that something where it's like yeah just do something like one season something that's something a little we shorter can, yeah something we can blow through pretty quickly but uh yeah but there's I'm so many that. there's so many things that i would love to cover uh and i mean obviously we should be able to cover a lot of stuff as as we keep doing episodes so cool all right uh all right well any any other comments that you guys wanted to make before i give our information nope Nope. All right, cool. All right, so you can find us at uh, starjoes.com. You can find us at theforumforgeeks.com. Again, new people are joining every day. We've had over 12,000 posts since we've joined up with Forum for Geeks, and that's only in the last year and a half. So it's a very active community on the forum. So uh, please join us there, and we talk about just about everything you can think of. Um, you can uh, contact us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-JOES. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. Uh, you can also find us on Zune and Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio is the free app. It's a smarter way to radio. Um you find us on Facebook. There's both a profile page and a fan page, and you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. I uh, believe that's everything. Robert, how can they find you? Uh, they can go to my blog. It's robertatkinsart.blogspot.com. It's where I post a lot of my artwork for um, uh, the different assignments and um, projects I'm working on and commissions and convention sketches, that kind of stuff. Uh, you can also go to Facebook and Twitter. It's just Robert Atkins Art on Facebook, Facebook and at Robert Atkins Art on Twitter. And, of course, email me. It's just Robert at RobertAtkinsArt.com. Awesome. And, John, how, how can they find you? Sure, you can find me. Uh... <laughs> Look out your window. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Not at this time of night, I hope. No, you can find me at uh, Facebook. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at ThatJohnThurmond. And um, also, you can check out my son's Jacob's artwork at uh, my DeviantArt page, and that's under my uh, comic for, uh, sorry, Forum for Geeks uh, name, and that's JT3Fan. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and uh, I believe that's everything. So, 
We got another, uh, I don't know how we'll do it next episode. We might do, go back to doing 10 episodes in, in the episode, or we might stick with this five per episode. We'll just kind of pick by ear, but, uh, yeah, give us feedback if you, if you like, you know, the episode, I mean, it's, it's, it's always going to take about this long like, for us to kind of, <laughs> yeah, to cover, to cover what's going on in the episodes and to put a little commentary into it. Yeah. So we figured instead of having one gigantic episode, we could break it into less episodes, you know, per recording. Yeah. And just give us some feedback. Let us know what you think works better. Yeah. Um, and, and John, uh, you're certainly welcome to join us again next uh, next time, like you did the last couple episodes. I'll I'll let you cool. know when we're doing them again. Um, but for those that uh, kind of want to follow up as where we're going to be for for next time, let me actually grab the let me grab my DVD here. Um, so the next episodes, at least the next five episodes, we're looking at it's going to be Cobra's Creatures, the Fun House. 20 questions, uh, the greenhouse effect and haul down the heavens. So, all right. I believe that's five there or maybe even six. I don't know. Yeah, that's six episodes, but anyways, those are some of the episodes coming up. <laughs> uh, so, so what, so if you're getting ready to listen to the episode, just remember to sit down, kick your feet up, and tell, say, uh, do us a favor while Bill, milk our ponies and bring us a glass. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the force will be with you. Because no one else is half the battle. Take care, everyone. What kind of place is this, Flint? I don't know, Lady J, but I smell candy. <laughs> <laughs>